0: I I think it's important for me to like acknowledge when I've not been a very integrated person and also to, to celebrate when I have been healthier and integrated, because I feel like it just, it, it, it speaks to the arc of our lives. Like when we are in a good place and sometimes when we're not in a good place and when there are external pressures that we need to take seriously that really do affect our lives. And so when I think about the Enneagram, especially when I was younger, like middle school, high school, college I think of it oftentimes in regards to what it looked like for me to occupy a Black body and to keep my Black female body safe.
1: I'm Kim.
2: And I'm Camille. And this is Enneagram for the Culture, where two dope Black therapists discuss how therapy, Blackness, and the Enneagram come together. Here we are, and it's finale day—the last one, season two.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. We've had a whole two seasons. Yep, yep. Excited. I know
2: you. I'm not even asked. Did you think that was possible? Because I know you're like, yeah, I already knew that.
1: Did you? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Because I wouldn't have committed if. Yeah. And that was one of my things about when I committed. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So, yes.
1: And you have. We have. We've done it. Here we are.
2: So, yes. So, finale. Thanks for rocking with us all season. And here we go for our last episode.
1: Yeah. Um, So y'all know how we do. Camille, how did the Enneagram show up for you?
2: The Enneagram showed up for me because um, I am super excited. I'm really excited right now because we actually have a guest on with us. Um, my pastor, Lisa Yeboah is our guest for today's finale episode. And I, and I'm going to introduce her in a second, but I'm so excited. I've really, I think I've probably even said this on one of my, had the Instagram show up for me. I love sharing things that bring me joy in my life. Like if mm-hmm. I'm watching a TV show and I love it, I'm going to tell like five people, you should watch the TV show. If I find like a tip or a trick that has made my life easier, like the meal delivery thing that I do, like the meal pickups, I'm going to tell you about it. Um, and when I have people that I love and I like just like respect and get excited about like, I want to like shout it from the rooftops. And so I am so excited for Lisa to be here with us on the podcast because I'm excited for, well, Kim to meet her. I'm excited for listeners to meet her. Um, I'm just excited. This is so So cute.
1: (laughs) You're just like, you're just, you are, you're just bubbling. You can you can hear it as you first started to talk about it. You're just bubbling with the excitement. And I do. I love that ab- about you, that you like to share um, joy in that way. So
2: thank you. Well, let me go ahead and introduce Lisa without, so that she's not like secretly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to introduce you with her formal bio, um, just so you can get a feel for her this way. But then obviously through this whole episode, you're going to get an even better feel for her. But uh, Reverend Lisa Yeboah currently serves as the lead pastor of the Southeast Raleigh Table, a worshiping community in Raleigh, North Carolina. She's a 99 graduate, 1999 graduate of Wofford Wofford College and a 2004 graduate of Duke University Div School. What fuels her in life in ministry is seeing people become their best selves and in turn, seeing the world become more just and collectively marked by liberation. Mm. Lisa is deeply invested in the Raleigh community and works alongside organizations engaged in advocacy for affordable housing, a living wage, and equity in public education. She also serves as on the board of advisors for the Southeast Raleigh YMCA and as a brand ambassador for Lululemon. Most would describe Lisa as a glutton for joy and a lover of people, She's a self-professed party starter, people watcher, and admits to having a slight obsession with the Enneagram and 90s R&B.
1: Oh,
0: yes! Oh,
2: <laughs> I really wanna meet you. <laughs> 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 um,
0: oh. and Jesus, that's my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hello, man. Hello, Lisa, we are so excited that you're here.
0: I'm glad to be here. Thank you all for um, trusting me in this space. Yeah. What a great, a great time to be with you all
2: Gosh, yeah, easy. incredible.
0: Easy.
2: Yeah, I know. Reading your bio, I was like so proud, so proud to know her. And again, just so excited to get to share. Um, so thank you for all that you do and showing up for us today. We're excited. Most
1: definitely. And for and for the song.
2: No, you just not- write a step to randomly break
0: out in song. You you you, you are a, you town, you belong here.
1: Teen,
0: shy silk, you name it. There's a meeting in my bedroom. There's a meeting in the Zoom room. Zoom room. room. <laughs> if you're gonna break up with me, you better break up with me with the '90s R&B song. You know i would going do it. Yes, yeah, some Tevin Campbell or some Ralph Tresvant. I'll
2: I'll respect you.
1: I love it. Uh, right.
2: So Lisa, I'm going to jump right in. The way that we always start off is, yeah, how did the Enneagram show up for you this week or recently? Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you like maybe a serious
0: and then maybe a more kind of fun one. Um, so actually today I received a text message and I could uh, tell that the person was not maybe um, happy and also to receive the phone call and I could tell that the person was not very happy. And for me, I feel it in my body when I know I'm going to have to lean into conflict, and so my heart was pounding. Mm-hmm. I literally felt like my head and my heart were trying to get on the same page as to how we were going to even start the conversation um sometimes i'm I, I'm a type nine, and for type nine sometimes the the scariest thing is to like just text, I need to talk It's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> about what can you please pray tell send me a memo so just like really feeling um just feeling myself kind of come out of myself when Mm -hmm. I knew that I was gonna have to have a pretty difficult conversation. Um, Had the conversation, because one of the things I've been working on is not avoiding when I know I need to lean into conflict. And so very quickly um, did that. But also too, just realizing as a type nine, oftentimes people feel like I am so for them, which I am. I mean, I really, I think that I, I don't know, like honor the humanity and people, but that doesn't necessarily mean I always agree with folks, or mm-hmm. have similar instincts. And so whenever I, uh, I miss another person or we, we're just not on the same page, I think people can feel that as like a major, like um, major maybe betrayal. Um, and I think for me, I can feel it as like major disconnection um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, no, just human beings are sometimes not going to, are not gonna always uh, believe or um, instinctively move in the world in the same way. So that that was how that showed up. In a fun way, I have been in like the World Cup vortex and uh, my family members are from Ghana. So I've been rocking hard with the black stars. They've been eliminated from the World Cup, but I have rewatched some of Ghana's matches multiple times that I probably could have been a referee in the match. Mm. And (laughs) I just realized how much like familiarity like feels like a cozy blanket is like a a hug for me. So I have been, I'm going to be a World Cup 2022 expert um because I've watched so many matches over and over and over again on Telemundo. How
1: cool.
0: You know. You Do control. you
2: have a, other than Ghana and they're now gone but who's your favorite team right now that you are loving? Morocco okay. and because they're in the
0: African Cup of Nations they come uh-huh, out of uh-huh, the African. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. quite honestly whenever any colonizers get beat uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. like for So when Tunisia beat France, I cried. I was like, "This is a beautiful redemptive <laughs> moment on the field." So I'm 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 rocking hard for uh, rocking hard for Morocco. And um, yeah, if Brazil has to play like Portugal, I'm going to be very excited if Brazil wins.
2: So
1: Kim, have you been watching?
2: Yeah. Well. This is a whole thing. I love the world. I do love the World Cup. I love soccer. My family loves soccer. We're not from America, so we love soccer. Like we are like totally into this. But I am also very, very into Christmas season, and I have a full watching schedule. I'm. <laughs> Like I cannot, I cannot detour. Yeah, that's right. This is like, how, how the Enneagram is showing up for you said, part I two. cannot, I, you, y'all cannot like, there's no 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 against me shall prosper. People will release an album, like people that I really like. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to have to listen to this in January. Like TV shows. <laughs> I really want to watch The Crown. Nope. Waiting until January. There's so many, like, I'm like, nope. So sadly the world cup is one of those things. I'm like, I can't, I can't even, I can't even commit to this because the world cup is a commitment. And again, seven, I can't just lightly do the world cup. I want to watch all the games and I don't have the time. So when I was home for Thanksgiving, I was laughing because again, immigrant family, I was watching other people's Instagrams. They're all watching football. My family's like 100% soccer, 100% world cup. It's all we're talking about. So that was my little taste. And then when I got back to Raleigh after Thanksgiving, I was kind of like, that's it.
0: Well, I'm
1: proud of you for being able to
0: miss out.
2: Black, Black Santa,
0: okay. proud of you as well.
2: Black, thank you. Black <laughs> Santa is proud of me. I can miss out because there'll be another one in four years, and <laughs> oh my, you like, why couldn't we just leave it there? <laughs> it's all right. I'll see another one. I'll see another World Cup, and I'm. Pr- thank you for being proud of me. It is kind of hard because I am. I do want to know all the things, but Hallmark Christmas movies. And yeah, Christmas PlayStation on Spotify are just a little bit more important right now.
1: Understood. Understood. Well, (laughs) um, how did the Enneagram show for me? Yes. Um, I've had clients, um, friends. I had one of my cousins sent me a text yesterday. People are just listening and just offering just how proud they are of the podcast um and how seen they feel and how cool it is to just have um our voices out there and so i think a lot of people get it twisted with threes that mm. you know we all like this um spotlight and we want it for um just the sake of the spotlight because we're vain and we like the attention and Y'all know at this point, I'm a self-preservation three, so that definitely has never really gelled with me. Um, but regardless of, um, you know, subtype, for most threes, I think for, to be able to be seen, to be able to put something out there that's really from your heart um, and for people to see it and um, recognize it and that, I mean, that's just, it feels really, really good. So that's how it's shown up for me lately. So, Lisa, tell yeah. us, how did you learn about the Enneagram?
0: Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, in 1996, I was a sophomore in college, and one of my dear friends, um, her mom was doing like a demon or PhD, kind of um, uh, postgraduate studies, and just happened to be um, a female clergy person and was doing some... Uh, focused work on the Enneagram. This was back in the day when there was like maybe one book on the bookshelves at Borders. <laughs> <laughs> Enneagram it had like 40 pages in it. So, you know, every type got like three sentences. Um, and I remember uh, for her research, she, um, my friend, my friend was asked by her mom to like ask friends to take an Enneagram like test. And I took an Enneagram test. And to this day, you know, I, um, I, I type as uh, as a nine, and I and I know that from um, just all the ways in which I've been asked some really good questions in my life. But I remember when I read those three pages in that book in Borders on um, what, an, what an Enneagram nine might look like, I, f- for maybe the first time in my life as it relates to a personality test, and I'm going to use air quotes, it really read me. Because it read the thing underneath the thing, underneath the thing, underneath the thing. And I feel like, it unlocked something in me um, that I was like, oh, now I get why this is how I feel in particular particular situations. Um, And then, you know, I will have to say this, like I kind of really did fall into an Enneagram vortex. I just have loved the Enneagram. Before it was a thing that people knew on Instagram. Um, It was a way that I would kind of explain certain things to people about wounds in my life or how I Interact with other individuals, and then as a pastor in particular, because I am so committed to people uh, bumping into their best self or like coming home to themselves. Mm-hmm. It has it's a it's a tool that I utilize in regard to spiritual formation. That maybe I don't always say, "Oh my goodness," you know, um, the fact that you're family members never asked you what you wanted. And maybe that's why it's so hard for you to vocalize that. I mean, I may not say it in terms of like, oh, that's why I think that as an Enneagram nine, you do X, Y, and Z, but just helping people find pathways to to healing and to coming home to themselves. And I, I just really love, I love, love, love the Enneagram when it's not used to caricature people. Yeah. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. was there ever in your journey of enneagramness like or learning like so it sounds like you learned it in high school did i get that right college i was college. in college and then college to now were there times when it like ramped up of like oh yeah i'm really close to this personality typing system and then there were there times that you're like you forgot about it like even just like the timeline of it i'm interested by cuz that's a long that's a long time that it's been in yeah. your life yeah
0: I, I mean what i would say is like from like 1996 now let's remember like the internet was new, new, like, like real new. Um, I would say from like 1996 to the time I was in grad school around 2001, 2000 to 2004, there just wasn't a lot of like, you couldn't access a lot of like books about the Enneagram. I think Richard Rohr had some, you know, had some, some things about um, the Enneagram. So I would say it's not that it waned, it's just that I couldn't get my hands on lots of materials and there weren't lots of people talking about the Enneagram. And in particular, which is why I love the space you've carved out. I could always feel how the Enneagram, especially living in the United States, oftentimes uh, panders or uses um, kind of whiteness as a construct to understand how people should show up. So there were places where I'd be like, mm, I think okay i'm I'm going to this workshop, but something about what you're saying is not sitting right with me mm-hmm. because the way I show up in the world, people are gonna they're going to layer that on uh, some part of how they are projecting something on my identity like mm-hmm. i don't get I don't get a pass for you know, maybe how a wound or a shadow has created this particular thing. so um, yeah, I would just say like from nineteen ninety six, I mean <laughs> To about 2004, it it, I just didn't have access to lots of resources.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: The closer I got to forty, so I turned forty in uh, 2017. The closer I turned to forty, I would say age 38 to 40, I really uh, started leaning into um, the Enneagram because I realized how much I had been doing some cultural suicide. And Mm -hmm. uh, I can talk a little bit more about that. And, um, and this, this idea as a type nine of falling asleep to my life. And I was like, I, I cannot spend the second half of my life in uh, shape-shifting for other people. Like I need to fully be um, who, who I know I have been called to be. And so something about age 38, something like, Mm -hmm. there there are things that were happening in the world and something clicked for me. Um, So I would say that I kind of, Got a little bit obsessed with the the um, the enneagram helping to be a pathway of healing for myself as opposed to for other for other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Really love that. Mm-hmm. I love um, you, the the thing beneath the things beneath the thing that mm-hmm. you mentioned like um, that, and then the the language when you first um, found this tool that it, that it gave you to help you to mm-hmm. be able to understand, um, what may motivate you, how, why you may show up the way that you do and some of the patterns. I mean, I feel like that's, that's, that's the thing we really do try to get people to, um, understand and why air quotes are necessary when we say, you know, a personality test or assessment, mm-hmm. because, um, it's, it can be so much more than that. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I am like, just like, just like on the edge of my seat to ask this next question. So I'm just going to like, let my excitement like lead into it. Um, and I think you already probably started to chat about or started to introduce this idea, but my, my next question really is like, how does, how do you notice the Enneagram, um, intersecting with your blackness and how has it, how do you still notice that? And I'm guessing I'm filling in some blanks that probably when you just said like cultural suicide might've had some thing to do with that. And so I'm really intrigued and like curious and excited to hear about that aspect of it for you in your journey.
0: Yeah. You know, when I oftentimes talk about myself, um, and the intersection of the Enneagram as a type nine, um, I'm a social nine, uh, with a very strong one wing, um, I I I think it's important for me to like acknowledge when I've not been a very integrated person and also to, to celebrate when I have been healthier and integrated, because I feel like it just, it, it, it speaks to the arc of our lives. Like when we are in a good place and sometimes when we're not in a good place and when there are external pressures that we need to take seriously that really do affect our lives. And so when I think about the Enneagram, especially when I was younger, like middle school, high school, college, it, it, um, I think of it oftentimes in regards to what it looked like for me to occupy a Black body and to keep my Black female body safe. Mm. Among a lot of folks, I was probably the, the palatable, fun, Black person you want to be around. And I mean, as a 45-year-old, I can see how my nineness, like this merging, like just always knowing what's going to make other people comfortable really was a security and survival method for me. So while I was oftentimes praised for it, I now can look back and think, "Mm, it, you know, it came at a cost. Um, My therapist, who's just been so lovely, we talk a lot about how my code switching was a trauma response. Mm -hmm. The fact that I just kind of like knew how to diffuse situations. um, And I think most importantly, knowing myself as a Black person um, and being praised for sometimes the ways in which I wasn't quote unquote, too black, you know, people on an egregious level, people used to say to me, oh, you don't make, when I see you, when I'm around you, I don't necessarily think of you as a black person. I used to think, people used to think that was a really kind thing they were saying to me. And I'm like, you want to talk about how insulting this is. And also knowing, wait a minute, then it tells, you're also giving me some information as to what you think about quote unquote individuals who live into the fullness thereof, of how they show up in the world in a, in a black, in a black body. And so, um, I think I lived a lot of my life, quote unquote, keeping the peace in this way, helping white people not feel so white by me, not, you know, like them not recognizing like, Oh my gosh, you're, you actually are, you, you ask of my body certain things. And that's why I'm doing whatever, um, I am, I'm doing. I want to also name that is, um, seasons of my life that I was not as integrated, but I don't be I don't beat younger Lisa because I, because I realized mm-hmm. now like you, re- I really was doing the best <laughs> I could with the resources um, that I have. I would say now the way being a type nine intersects with my blackness is like nines really are very adaptive and um, can see possibilities in all things. And I really do see possibilities in myself. It is really hard to put me into one category. I mean, I'm a little bit uh, one of my dear friends who's a, um, a leadership coach, she one time said of me, "A scattered life is your life. I'm not disorganized, but I just really do live like what? <laughs> um, and I think that's what blackness looks like. Blackness is like, you can't put me in a box, you know? um it's I actually think white supremacy as a tool oftentimes even causes us to have a thwarted imagination for what it means to be black.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: feel like my nineness is like, Lisa, being black looks like you waking up. Eating, you know, um, you know, sushi on your front porch in a bathing suit to keep it up with your neighbors, which I do, because um, that's what I want to do when I want to do what I want to do. That's lackness, you know. It's me deciding, like, to sing songs on the top of my lungs when I want to sing songs on the top of my lungs. It also looks like me tarrying quietly in my kitchen and calling the names of the people that I have loved who have gone on before. It mm. looks like me living very expansively. And so I would say um, I really do occupy my life. And I think nines, like that's the idea of like right action and like holy love, like, yes, I love others. I really do love other people. I daggum love my life. I love myself. So I do not want to make myself small and I do not want to be sleepy to my life. I don't want my life just to kind of like move along. I want to, um, yeah, I'm going to stake claim to the years that I have been that I have been given. So yeah, I would I would definitely say younger years, that code switching, that having to be kind of palatable, and then just getting to a place where I was like, this, this is for the birds." Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of tired of like making things quote unquote, "easy for other people. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I have some stories. I mean, I had a really interesting moment um, when I had like I, I went and got box braids, and I you know, I, I've normally done ministry in predominantly white space. And just the amount of comments that I realized like, oh, y'all don't know me. Cause it's cause like, now you realize like, oh, you really are black. I'm like, yeah, y'all, I really am. I really am black. So. I Mary mean, Chris Mahans, good friends.
2: Yeah. Oh, I mean, we're and we're done. No, I'm just
0: Kim is no, <laughs> just shake Kim we're not done, but I do need a
1: minute. <laughs> <laughs> we're not done, but I do need
2: I do uh-huh. need yeah. there's so much richness in what you said. Thank you. Um, because I resonate with so much of so many people. Yes. And yeah, there's so many nuggets in there that really stuck out. And and as as someone that has gotten to be a parishioner of yours for the last since 2017, since 2016, actually like even watching you reclaim and re like it's, I've seen it and I think, and I've loved it. And it's been, um, beautiful and good and inspiring. And I just love, like I'm not playing small I'm staking claim and, um, and, you know, I've also seen some of the ripple effects of that. And, um, <laughs> and, and you're, it, yeah, like, but it's like, who cares? Like, this yeah. is who I
0: am. Yeah. Yeah. I think being ourselves, um, this is not like to scare. I don't mean this to sound scary. It comes at a cost. 100%. It comes at a cost. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I, again, age 38, I just started feeling this holy restlessness of like, I don't want to come to the end of my days. And all I've ever done is just made other people comfortable. And I would even say as a pastor, to do that is actually to other people's malformation. Like, I need white folks to be adults. Like, I can't keep doing, like, I, I want you to also come home to yourself because whiteness as a construct will, it's going to fail you. Mm. But anyway, that's, you know what I'm saying? Neither here, neither there. But it's it here, so it's here. The construct, the construct will be shaken. You know, like, I'm, I am I kind of want to be like this. Y'all in danger too. <laughs> Run! <laughs> this ain't it! <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Run! Yeah. Well, anyway. Y'all sing an R&B song now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you
1: so much. Um like Camille said, like, I agree. like I feel like there's so much of what you shared. And again, this speaks to like why, you know, this is just is such a dope tool, so, such such mm. a dope typing system is while, yeah, you can focus on the types, right mm. and the type um, and stop there and miss so much um, so much of what you just shared from your experience as, um, a black woman who's a nine will resonate with all of us, you know, regardless of your type structure, this experience of, um, you know, code switching and having a, a therapist who sounds like she's, you know, maybe on, you know, on her, on her, on her game to be able to help you see how that's a trauma response. And for all of us to be able to name so many of the ways mm-hmm. we've had to shapeshift um as a means to survive as a means to um move through how that can be the case for 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 many of us um and and there's so, there's so much power in mm. healing and being able to, to to name that and so you know Camille mentioned how she's been rocking with you for a while she's been able to witness I I'm just actually meeting you and I get to witness it as I'm hearing you talk about not falling asleep to yourself anymore. I'm watching you expand mm-hmm. and I'm over here feeling it in my chest. like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. really like it resonates with me and I feel myself mm-hmm. doing the same thing. So um like I said I needed a moment and that's what mm-hmm. I got. But thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you all.
2: I love that like the, I just that when you said like when I showed up as my authentic, honest self, that's just who I am, and, and expansive, it actually helps other people. It it mm-hmm. impacts other people. And if I just play small and cave in, and again, this is for so many of us black people, but then again, that's really the arc of a nine. It's like, and mm-hmm. we talked about that on that episode of like y'all know, you all know, you have wisdom, you yep. have love, you have the ability to see something. Speak up, show up, yep. because when you when you cave in out of that protection, out of that grasping we then end up losing out and you lose out. Um, And so to see you beautifully, like have walked that and are are continuing to embody that and practice that is, is inspiring for all of us. And that's again, why we love the Instagram. like other people, it's other numbers inspire us. Like when we see other people doing their work, we're like,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think one of the beauty, beautiful things about being a nine is that I do see, I see people like I really can see the expanse. I have never been a person who has thought someone is the sum of their mistakes. It's like, I'm not, I'm like hardwired, not even to think that way. Cause I understand human beings are going to be broken and brilliant and, um, moments of joy and of sorrow. I think what, what is the healing work for me as a type nine is to give myself also to like, to see myself, to remind myself that I also get to like live, um, Sometimes broken, sometimes brilliant, you know, and, and if nobody else offers or extends that grace, especially because of the body that I occupy, like I'm going to learn how to like lay hands on my own head or on my heart and offer that, um, offer that to myself. It's like, okay, I'm a peacemaker, not just for others. You know, sometimes nines are called, I I'm at peace with, I like, I'm at peace with me. Um, I'm at peace with me. So I love it. Yeah.
1: I just want you to know that like I I I love to see it. I love to feel mm-hmm. it. I love that for us. So I love it for us. It's, it's, <laughs> that's that's kind of um kind of ties into the the next question. What's a hope you mm. have for black people around growth work that they're doing be it through the enneagram or any type of personal development um and interested in in how you feel about this response both like for the individual but also for the culture at large for
0: us, you know, as a community, as a people. Yeah. I feel like I had like so many thoughts uh, in regard to this um, question. I, you know, one of the, th- one of the, the first things that came up for me is that oftentimes, you know, as, as a uh, black folk and, you know, we get collectivized and we're oftentimes spoken of or thought of first quote unquote, from like a place of deficit, like what black folk ain't doing da, da, da. And, you know, uh, even for the healthiest of us we can feel some you know we can get conditioned in this like i'm always I, like i never see myself in the standard of beauty i never see myself in the standard of intellect i never see myself in the standard of like social cues or social signaling um and again you start to internalize some things it doesn't necessarily mean we don't live healthy lives but we can internalize some things i think you know in regard to the enneagram as a um as a tool for growth is I think especially for um, black folk, indigenous folk, um, you know, as Resma Menekan would say, bodies of culture, is to first start with the holy idea or the holy virtue versus um like latching on to the shadow sides. A lot of times with when we talk Enneagram talk, which is also why I'm like, oh Lord, some of these workshops don't do it for me, is cause they will so hammer down. You know, what's the like the flaw of a seven, the flaw of the five, the thing that nines need to be working on? And I think you know we are we get enough of that. like that's already like someone's always trying to tell me what I need to be doing differently, what I shouldn't be doing. I just personally feel like if we can lean into no, um me being occupying space on this earth, I need to first start with the holy idea or my virtue or the thing that I bring to the world. I think it's incredibly important to um to start to excavate there. Then I think it's okay when you start to look at like what might be the shadow or, um, you know, where the um, quote unquote, you know, the deadly sin is to ask the question why? Because I feel like that's a question of grace for many of us to get to the thing underneath the thing, underneath the thing, underneath the thing, underneath the thing, um, that we might reckon with some of our wounding, some of the things we did not ask for, we did not deserve, I think it just reframes how we go about the healing journey. Uh, I uh, just with a greater measure of grace and then also to a measure of accountability. Like, I don't want to be janky boots in this world. I don't want to do harm to myself. I want to do harm to others. So part of me knowing the, why am I wounding, whether I, you know, it was something that, you know, uh, was an external uh, system or, you know, that created this um, I'm going to take some responsibility to be like, but I, I I I can also be well and whole, and I'm well and whole for myself, and I'm well and whole for the people around me. And so that's where I, I would say, like the collective piece, when the enneagram isn't work isn't like workshopped as a as a caricature, and people get to come home to themselves. Can you imagine what community with each other looks like? You know, because um, we're not only the sum of our oppression, and we're not only the sum of our trauma responses. We're not only the sum of how we um, have not been seen or we have to be hyper visible to be like viewed or whatever. We're not the sum of that. Um, There is a new world that we can like l- lean into. And it's a, a world where we're like, I my birthright is joy. My birthright is healing. My birthright is wholeness. My birthright is not me being divorced from myself. My birthright is not me doubting myself uh, because of the systems that say I need to always prove my humanity. That's deep. I don't think people recognize to be black and always having to prove that you're freaking human. Like, I can't spend all my days doing this for you, for you all. And I think when you, when you are, when you get to a certain place of like knowing that you literally have been put on this earth to reflect the very good. And that is that whatever that holy idea is, I think it just is a game changer where you can say to the systems of oppression, you don't know me. I think that I think the Enneagram actually helps us in some beautiful ways to say to the world, you know, white supremacist delusion, you actually don't know me. Yeah. So the peace that I have isn't about me being a peacekeeper and being palatable. Actually, it's because I have a certain power and energy that I understand power with and not power over. I'm not going to use your tools. Like that, my piece, my piece will literally somehow like it will be a bomb and it will shape and it will help people to know that they're loved. So I'm not going to do your piddly thing because you don't know, because you don't know me. I think the the Enneagram gives us the opportunity to say, actually, you you know, as a black woman, you don't know me. You really don't know me. And that's that on that. <laughs> that, that, that that would be, That would be that on that. That on that. So that's what I have to say about about that. I think also too just in particular because my so much of my story in the season of my life is um is having to love my younger self when I when I've seen when I like to take stock of how much she did not show up fully. Um sometimes I can feel shame about that. I'm just gonna be completely honest. Like when I was so celebrated if I distanced myself from you know um, my very community. Um, um, I think you know, the Enneagram gives you safe boundaries to look back. And instead of me beating my younger self up, like I just know how to like, I real I I have learned to like forgive the things that I, you know, I'm like, Lord, if you know, I'm grateful there was no Twitter when I was 16, because I probably would have said some things that would have gotten me canceled. Um but I also like look at my younger self and I realize like you you really were contending with a world that just did not know you, and you you were just trying the very best you could. So I mean, I just I, I, um, I don't know the Enneagram gives me a safe, a safe like uh, lane to look at myself with not contempt, but with like, okay, we don't need to, we're not going to do that anymore. Um, we see where that like fails you being your' true. Self, okay. You, this is where you were trying to wear armor or a mask or whatever. Um, I feel like the enneagram can give you can give you like a, it's like safe. <laughs> it gives you a, a a safe way to do to to pick at the wounds uh, without like doing doing more harm. So I think for anyone who might be feeling a little bit like, oh God, you know, I I feel bad like about, um, you know, if they carry any shame around, I think especially distancing. Um, I just I, I hope that as you hear me that you you would just you would know that looking
2: back doesn't mean you have to um, look back with contempt. Hey, so a part of our hope is to really connect with you guys. So we want to know what you're getting from this and what you want to learn more about on this podcast.
1: You can connect with Camille on Instagram at Camille.Logan.LCMHC.
2: And you can find Kim on Instagram at KReeseLCSW.
1: And you can follow us both on Instagram at Enneagram for the Culture. We've dropped the links in the show notes, so check those out too. And while you're there, go ahead and bless us with a rating and a review. Subscribe so you can be notified when our new episodes drop weekly. And share this with someone you know. We'll see you around.
2: Yes. um yeah i felt that and and there's so many things that you said that um yeah i really love i almost like wanted to like just start crying <laughs> just felt so um moved um just talking about this place that like why we were put on this earth and that like enneagram almost helps give language to that um of here's i'm here to peace keep not for this reason but for this reason and it was given to me this gift was given to me um And and I love that starting from there with the holy idea um, that is so like special and unique um, for each of us and just I
1: I I love I love all of I love all of this (laughs) (laughs) I love it all Um, I love everything you just said Camille and Lisa I love I love helping um, I love hoping that other people can see. How this work really is not about um, the characters, the boxing in. It really is, like I love how you said it. It's about giving us the the again, the language, the words that to help ourselves to realize, to tell ourselves and remind ourselves at times. And well. also tell white <laughs> white people. <laughs> oppression (laughs) you really you don't you don't like you you don't know me you can't tell me you can't tell me you can't tell me about me like Mm -hmm. so I love that Mm -hmm. um and and same I do I love the the idea of starting um with the with the, the the virtue um and the idea I agree um that especially for us it's already built into so many th- our experiences to to have mm. to be conditioned to like be critical and to be hard on ourselves and to be shaming for ourselves and to mm. feel like we're not enough and to feel like we're at a deficit. So to start, um, at like you said, the 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 goodness and 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 mm-hmm. what we bring to the world to start there, and then to be able to move on with that as a foundation, um, to be able to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Where there can be some accountability, um, mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. out of that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also reminded. I think earlier when you said like that that white that white supremacy really will try and make us think that there's only one way mm-hmm. um, to be and and to do like right like we see that um, in so many ways like we see that. I'm even thinking, I'm just finished like a training for work. And so like, you see it in therapy. Like, it's like, if it's taught a certain way, you'll, you'll be taught that it's one way to do it. And like, you have to follow these steps and you have to do it this way. And, um, with this model and, um, and so being able to recognize that that is a tool of white supremacy is to put it Mm -hmm. into these check boxes and to like, make it palatable and and easy. Mm -hmm. And that's not life. And that's not people Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not black people. and and again, when when we say like it fails them, too, because it's like you, like, well, we don't have to talk about that. But like for <laughs> us, it, it's what was done to us that that made us do all of the shape-shifting and questioning and doubting because we were sort of, yeah, all of that, yeah,' just great. Yeah. yeah, yeah well,
0: I, th- I think also too, like, um, when you c- when you get to know yourself uh, in a black body, you also start to realize like whatever you've been unleashed in the world to be, I don't think it has even to do, just who you've been unleashed to be, is that you then also to get to be the gatekeeper for um, your blackness. Like blackness means all the things that Lisa is versus there's only one script for what that looks like. I think it also keeps um, us within our own community from um, having too limited an imagination for what it means when we say blackness um because i i think sometimes we can start doing some like caveats like well i'm a blur because i'm a black nerd it's like well maybe it's just like we are just like we you know or people some people are basic and some people are extra like no maybe it's we just um -hmm. we just exist like we can expect we can also have this um, opportunity to say that my my the space that i take up on this earth is a reflection of like all that blackness can be. Now, what I will also say is that I think we have to do our work, so what we know where we've not been sipping from the cup of white supremacy, if that is what's shaping our identities, then I'm uh, you know, I just comma and we have to do our work so that the expanse of who we are is not harmful um, mm-hmm. is not harmful or um, an identity that is shaped by yes, that's not that's not that creates
2: a malformation. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of work, we love, um, we love being therapists. We love therapy. We love like normalizing and, and really, um, just, we just think that, yeah, blackness Mm -hmm. and therapy, like they should be together. Like they should be, that should be part of the the the, the gamut, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so we want to ask all of our guests that we have on, like, what is your relationship with your work? What is your relationship with therapy? Um, what does that look like for you? Um and this, this isn't this also isn't a question of like tell us your deepest, darkest sins, and oh, like i, how, I, 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 might, tell it, I might just tell like the it. <laughs> docuseries on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> My therapist <laughs> name is and I see her everybody. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay,
0: I rock hard. I I I um I have a therapist. I love my therapist very very much. I, I probably quote my therapist at least twice a day. You know, um, there are people who say to me, "Oh my gosh, I get therapy by default because you're always telling me about what your <laughs> therapist is saying to you." Um, I I think of therapy as not only as a gift to myself, but it actually really does help me to not be like a feral human in community. Like I need another person asking me questions um, who helps me, even though I, I know some things is like, so now what, how are you showing up on a Monday so that you're actually doing the things that you know? And as a pastor in particular, who's always like helping other people kind of see what maybe they haven't been able to see that they need to be, you know, cause, uh, you know, I think we all can live with a little bit of self-deception. And I think my pastoral role is to ask people questions, to kind of come with creative inquiry. Um, I can forget that I need someone to be helping to unearth some things for me. I love I love therapy. To me, a therapist is like my adult chaperone. I just don't <laughs> know how what this world would look like if I didn't have somebody to help me along the way. Um, yeah, my therapist is the best person on this. I mean, would it be weird if I got like a tattoo with your name on my Don't back? do that. Yeah. And don't do know. that. Okay. I but like
2: a lot. I, I love, love that. Too, that you like I think that's, a that's a good message for us, like for therapists to hear too. I think like what you talked about, like being a pastor, like, um, there's been something that I learned maybe like probably about two years ago now, I, people would say, um, you can only take your clients as far as you've gone yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really connected with me and, and really has charged me to um, really prioritize my work and like prioritize mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing because it's going to help me help my clients. But, um, and so what you're saying, even that accountability in your role, yes. but I think not only for folks that are pastors or therapists or whatever, I think for everybody, like, we can only go so far in conversation or in community or in our families or in all of these things if, if we haven't done it ourselves. And yep. so, um, I think it is such a great self accountability. Yes. Like I can't ask the world to change if I don't, if that's I don't right.
0: Change. That's right. Yeah. And the two things that are really interesting, you know, my, my therapist, um, I've, I've always had therapists who have been black women and, um, I think you know. It just feels if if you're going to be vulnerable with someone, what I don't ever want to feel like I have to do is translate myself, and and I do sometimes feel that in 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 predominantly white space, like I'm. Oh, let me help you to understand like why this particular family dynamic, you know, might be the way. Like that feels very dangerous. Like oh god, Mm -hmm. I don't why I I don't want to have to explain it. So I I do I feel very seen, Um, and when questions are asked that are really difficult. I tend to just trust that they come from a very different place than like Mm -hmm. scrutiny or um, me being policed uh, in some ways. Maybe the other thing is like as a pastor, oftentimes when I walk in rooms, quote unquote, I might be the healthiest person in the room. Like that's what you you kind of assume. That doesn't mean (laughs) there's not still more growth to happen. And that's where I think therapy helps me is to never kind of rest on my laurels and think that I have arrived um, Mm -hmm. in regards to my growth. I, oh boy, the last two years in particular, I've been on a journey.
1: <laughs> I love to hear Black people loving therapy. I love it. I love to hear Black women loving their Black. Female therapists. Uh-huh. I love that Black women are healing, and I love that mm-hmm. Black women are the catalyst for our healing. I'm talking a lot in this <laughs> <laughs> episode about what I love, which uh-huh. is our brand. Um, <laughs> with you being here with us, Lisa. Um, yeah, I and yes, I also I agree. It's it's very, um, yeah. It's it's validating, you know, as a as a therapist to hear it. Um, and just kind of just an amen to the importance of, um, growth work when you are in the business of helping people grow mm-hmm. same, like these past few years, like the work that I've done in therapy, I just, it ended up being so much more than I thought it was going to be when I set out to do it. And for a while I was one of those therapists who was like, Oh, you can be a therapist and not go to therapy." Like. You don't, to, you don't have to. It's a lie. And if you are a therapist who is telling you so, you don't need to go to therapy. Here, uh, you need to go. You need yeah. to go. It's um. It, mm-hmm. it it's for sure. I feel like it made me a better, a better clinician. Um, mm-hmm. better human. So just shout mm-hmm. out
2: to us. Shout, shout out, out
1: to you all.
2: And I also feel like something that I've been laughing at um is I also think that I think that God. God teaches us a lesson until we learn it, kind of a situ- like a thought. <laughs> and so when I go to therapy and I'm like working on something with my therapist, um it is not coincidental mm. that like now my clients like are I, and I'm like, oh that's- <laughs> like and I think it also like goes goes to that statement of like we can only take our clients as far as we can with that we yeah, for so sure so that like now I'm having to um. I'm doing something that I'm asking you to do or talking to you about or helping to you to do. And it's also like reinforcing, like, oh yeah, like I'm like, oh shit, I just had therapy at 11 a.m. <laughs> down here with you at 3 p.m. and like, let me tell you what about Like, no, I don't say, well, let me tell you my therapist. Said. But in my head, I'm like, you know what? I, mean, I kind of know where to go with this. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens for you with like pat like with pastoring. Like if it feels like what you're working on personally. I don't know if there's similarities. I know our jobs are sort of similar in some ways. Yeah, makes very different in a lot of ways. Um, But that reflection piece, if that's sort of there for you too.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I th- one of the things that people have said to me um, that I really do take as a major compliment is that if they come to me and they have to share something really, really, really difficult that I just am not, I don't, I don't tend to like even posture in like a judgy kind of way. I mean, I really do. I'm always like, I kind of understand why you're having an affair with the unicorn. Like, I mean, I really, I just I it's like I just understand, like I can see how that would happen. And part of that is when um I do think somehow some of the ways in which I'm wired, but I also think just as a as I've been going through therapy and some things get unearthed for me that I realize like, oh, I I'm human too. Hmm. Let me not think that, you know, Let me not have, you know, a long season of loneliness or feeling outside of myself that I couldn't also fall into some particular patterns. I I, it just gives me um, it. It really makes me know I am human. And I think in certain roles, because pastors oftentimes get put on pedestals if you're not careful. And this is one of the, the first times I ever went through therapy is because I was worried I was becoming a persona and I, I couldn't tap into being a person. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want to be problematic. Um, but I think, you know, I'm, it, it really makes me realize that like, oh, I'm human. I am so, I'm so human. And the people I work with, they are human too. Now I have certain expectations and obligations I do not take lightly because I Am um, under the authority to 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 do particular things that um, in a set apart life, and I I take that I take that seriously. And I'm not I'm not a different version of human. I'm human, who has some different expectations and obligations in my life. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I and I love tools. I like to give people tools as opposed to just going. Let's just talk about why you're having an affair with the unicorn. It's like okay, tomorrow, what if we no longer texted the unicorn back. You know, like I believe in like um, uh, uh, praxis, like I believe in praxis, I really, and, and that's something that my therapist is really good about is I typically take away some homework.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You really be on my neck sometimes. I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. Some internal family systems. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> some bilateral tapping. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. You um and even like knowing who your therapist is and 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 loving her like the way that she weaves embodiment into her work and again I've seen again as a parishioner of yours like how you've woven embodiment into our work as a congregation and like um and so yeah like you taking that and and giving it to to us as well yeah
1: incredible yeah what incredible I watched um I was you know I was being curious and in perusing social media um. And telling my mom, you know, about us recording and who our, our guest is going to be, and and just you know, so my mom, I grew up in a Black Baptist church. Um, <laughs> my mom is a deaconess and a trustee, mm-hmm. and so me explaining to my mom like how some of some of the intervention, some of the 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 flow of your service, and some of the things that you incorporate, I'm just like, man, it's incredible. It's, it's mm-hmm. so incredible, um, and we need more of it, more of the you know that that intersection. Yes. Um, yes. Incredible. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue to our next question, which is, um, about some of these gems mm. and, um, questions that you find yourself r- reminders of, of, from your therapist that you, rem- that you find yourself, um, telling yourself every day or sharing with other people. So like what's, if you have one, okay. Mm-hmm. Um that you know it just really, really resonates with you as far as um a gem or a takeaway mm-hmm. therapy that you would share.
0: Yes. Um I take copious notes during my sessions. And so um when my therapist is one day discovered by Oprah, I want to be able to say I've got the collection of her work. Um <laughs> <laughs> her, her print materials. I've got the worksheets. I've created. If she,
2: it, or if, or if she start, if she writes a book and she needs, like, what, what? Would you worry? Like, I, I can, t- I can tell you here. what you were
0: saying <laughs> in August. Like, what were I knew what you
2: were like, working like, no, on. Here's I, the, and
0: she could really look back and be like, "Oh, I said that." That's good. The sheet, that in my book. I'm not even joking. I would, yeah, I better get invited to the to get a gift <laughs> back. To Oprah. Um, uh, so many things. I mean, truly, so many things. I, tip, I always have a takeaway, um, but. One of probably the, the question that my therapist asked me very early on when we started um, meeting with each other is she, um, and never had anyone frame it this way, but she asked me, Lisa, are you trustworthy? To, are you trustworthy? And it was a way for her to say, you know, Lisa, when you wake up in the morning, you're not thinking about how you want to harm people. You're not thinking about what, you know, malice you want to cause. You are not out here, you know, it was really her. Uh, her way of asking out loud a question I need to ask to myself, like, Lisa, I'm I'm trustworthy. I'm not going to always be understood by people. I'm not going to always get it right. She didn't ask me, are you perfect? Are you, you know, without flaws, but are you trustworthy? And I sometimes come back to that when, you know, uh, I know I was sharing earlier in the pre-recording that I, you know, whenever folks tell me something about myself that just doesn't sit well, I'm like, well, I'm like, that's not true of me. Um, there, there are moments when we sometimes can't change a person's perception or, or, or the like, and I can come back to the, but am I trustworthy? It, it really does. It doesn't, it's not that it gives me a pass. No, I will take responsibility if I need to take responsibility. And sometimes that's going to be a road for repair. But just to remind myself, like, no, I start from a place where um, I want to do no harm. I want to do the very best I can. I don't want to injure people's relationship with God or with one another. So that's. That has really been um, a major one. And then the other has been uh, um, this has been a season where I want to take up more space. I think as a nine, I know where I sometimes play small. Other people, because I have a pretty a bigger personality, I think people automatically assume I'm just like, woo, but I know where, I know where I've been playing small. And my therapist said to me, sometimes to take up more space looks like um, taking away space. Is going to look like taking up less space to some people, meaning you're going to probably disappoint some folks in order to really occupy your life. Some people are not going to get as much access to you. So to some people it's going to feel like you're taking up less space, but you know, you know, so you're giving yourself more space um, to take up because you're left. So that's it. Yeah. Thank that's-
2: you for taking up space here. Thank you for taking up space in my life and all of the nuggets and like, not only nuggets is, is too small a word. Um, it, you know, just I'm excited for you. I am excited for our church. I'm excited just the ways that I I'm excited about the work that you're doing to unleash and to get mm-hmm. as big as you're created to be because you have such gifts and talents, um, that brings people close to people and mm-hmm. brings people close to themselves and to God and who they're like, who we're created to be. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited and, um, selfishly, I'll be sad if I have less access to you, but I'll also be reading and I hope I get a gift bag when you are at the (laughs) presidential inauguration. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: yeah, no, thank you. Thank you all for giving me the space to, um, to share. I mean, I, I do love the, I love the Enneagram so very much. And, um, I know this is something that Camille knows. I think the work you two are doing is it's not just like nice. It is incredibly necessary. And I feel like you know, I, I've listened to other podcasts with people who talk to folks about the Enneagram and there's always a piece that feels a little unsafe when they're um, folks, uh, people of color, folks who are black, who are on those. If a person doesn't really like, doesn't handle with care. Um, because the enneagram unearths things. I mean, if you if you if you if you understand it beyond a caricature, you're going to get down to the some deep things in people's lives. And the fact that you two, I just I knew without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to handle you, you're going to handle folks with care, with their stories, with their hurts, with their pains, with their brilliance. It is so necessary. Um, so I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In 1996, when there was only one book at Borders. Um, who knew? Who knew? This is this is maybe the dream that I would have had for like. I wish I had known Camille and Kim um, as I was, you know, taking my early enneagram journey. You're safe. You're so safe. I just know you're just not going to drop. You're not going to drop, folks. And and I've and I've seen it happen before, where I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, um, yeah. Kim. So
1: yeah, I've been I've been taught to practice. Allowing some time, you know, when somebody offers something from their heart for it to actually like, you know, for me to actually receive it because we can be quick because it can be kind of uncomfortable when somebody just speaks directly to your heart like that. Um, so I'm just trying to just like receive it and 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 um I appreciate that so much. Um, it's good to know that that's how you have experienced us and um, the way to which like the certainty you have um that others will experience us is for sure a part of our hope and while we're doing it is so that people do they feel like they are, that they are cared for um as we as we break some tough mm-hmm. topics, but mm-hmm. in the name of growth and healing and you know, for the culture for us to be better. Sure.
0: Hashtag yes. what a <laughs> for the culture.
2: Joseph Jesus <laughs> <laughs> So on on that note, actually, thank you for like almost speaking over us as we end season two, because what we want to do for season three is this format um, and is bringing um, guests on to each episode um, and talking about um, their journey with the Enneagram, their journey with healing, their journey with therapy. Um, And so I feel, um, what is that called when somebody like, I guess praise what is that when they like call to action? What did you just do for us?
0: I don't know, y'all, but
2: <laughs> things and y'all you yeah, did this and
0: I was like, okay. Thank I auntie you. you all. That's what I did. I auntie <laughs> you all. The <laughs> auntie type things. You, you, did. Did. Uh, you did some some
1: some people would say you Prophesied.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Not mm-hmm. prophe, prophesied. <laughs> <laughs> um for sure and 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 definitely, with the intention of like elevating the work that we are doing for our people, and so again, Lisa, like thank you so much for the work that you're doing um in 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 our community um is so important. Camille and I, you know, we talked on the podcast about how incredibly like what revolutionary that will be when we figure out this whole balance of faith and um, mental health, healing, emotional health—all of those things—for the longest, for uh, for many of us, you know, those things they did—they they couldn't go together. And so, thank you for the work that you've done and the intention that you do to 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 bring them together more. Um, and so, yeah, we want to keep highlighting people who are who are doing work to to move us forward. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you.
1: Thank mm. Yeah.
2: Yes. And so, with that, that's it, right? I um, guess that's it yeah. Lisa, how can people find you? How can
0: people find you? Yes. um, You can find me on the Grisam under, um, at petite underscore pastor. Um, That's like the main way that I live out on the, um, on uh, Johnny Gill's internet. Um, I got to, had to, had to go with another, another (laughs) another (laughs) (laughs) that's where I live. Um, the grand, or LinkedIn under um, Lisa Yaboa. I don't really engage on Facebook very often. Um, and then, of course, if you ever wanted to, if you trust, um, you know, Faith Spaces, uh, we do have um, a podcast for the Southeast Raleigh Table and um, some Facebook broadcasts. Although I would say Facebook Live, you know, you never know what you're going to get, but um, it's a it's a great community. Our podcast is probably a a sure a surefire way to um, to lean in and to hear. Kind of like how we hold space for one another.
2: Yeah, and if you're in Raleigh, you can come. You can come to, on You can come to our church if you feel comfortable and and want to. So we're Southeast Raleigh Table, and so you can see Lisa in person in the flesh.
1: I'm gonna come next time. I'm next time I'm home. Come check y'all out for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's it. Now it's it. Yeah, we did what we set out to do. Thanks, y'all. We'll we'll, we'll so we'll see you. We'll see you next season.
0: I love it. I, I'm really excited about um, you all having guests because um, I do, I, it, I'm, gonna, I'm so geeked about hearing Black folks in particular talk about themselves through the um, Enneagram because what is so wild is, again, since 1996, I have never gotten this opportunity. I have listened to so many podcasts, you know. even do my own little workshops from time to time on the Enneagram, but to have something where it's like, it's all,
2: uh,
0: this is going to be so, this is so, and so, yeah, I think it's just so wonderful. So you guys are giving me a Christmas gift.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We're excited. When we, when we landed on this for next season, we both got incredibly giddy. So we're looking forward to
2: it. So, yeah, so we will see everyone on the next episode. We're very excited. Thank you for rocking with us this season. Yeah. All right. Be well, y'all. Bye.